This podcast is brought to you by HodgePodge Productions. Enjoy and frown less. Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. You guys know I love podcasts. That's why I'm doing a podcast. You also know my hero is Bobby Bones from the Bobby Bones Show. He has a new podcast. It's called The Bobby Cast. B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-S-T, all one word. It's a show that he does from his house. An in-depth interview with songwriters, producers, musicians, artists, all in Nashville. That reveal the stories behind the biggest songs, candid anecdotes, and personal real-life stories. So, you guys know... This is how I do my podcast. That's because Bobby Bones does his podcast the same way. From the house, from my mouth, from his house, from his mouth. So, go get Bobby Cast, B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-S-T, on Apple Podcasts. This is Richard Schroeder. Hey, this is Cole Jones. Everyone, it is Murph from Joker. And you're listening to the HodgePodge Podcast. Hey, it's Derek Norsworthy, and you're listening to the HodgePodge Podcast. All right, Tyson Haynes is on today's episode. Um, he talked about his life, why he got into the music business, who his inspirations are, why he's stuck into the music business. Man, it's all that good stuff today. We also just shoot the bull, we're chill, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But before we get on to the podcast, my production company, HodgePodge Productions, is in full effect in April, the first, second week in April, don't really know the date yet, Big Shrimp Radio will be coming to your guys' ears. My buddy um, Eric, which also goes by Big Shrimp, um, he's been on here before. He's going to be on a, actually another um, episode coming up pretty soon. He's the host of it. I'm, I'm, I'm the producer. I'm ma- making everything happen, putting everything together. So I will be putting all this together and we'll get everybody updated on when the show will be live when it will be happening so appreciate you guys listening in we're gonna go right over to Tyson Haynes all right so I got Tyson Haynes on the line man what what's happening dude how you doing I'm doing good I'm uh I'm tired as hell yeah I'd... 11 in the morning Dude, let me tell you something. I'm a musician, man. Man, we, I'm tired as crap, too. We've had the, my whole family has had the flu the past week, week and a half, and so it's like, you still feel drained, even though you're over it? Ugh. It's a rough thing. So. Yeah, I've, uh, I've lucked out this year on that so far. Knock on wood. Man, you don't want this stuff. Um, so, I got you on, I wanted to talk a little a little bit about your life, but I also want to chit-chat and just shoot the bull a little bit because that's kind of how I do this. So um, I want to talk about this first. Um, people that use Spotify, they are starting to basically the song – go you go you go ahead and explain it. I don't want to explain it and get too complicated. You kind of explain a little bit. Um. What's that exactly? This the Spotify, the other the the songwriters thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's kind of a confusing thing that's going on right now. But uh, so, let me see if I can. Yeah. Let me see if I can kind of do this, and if I don't do justice, then um, 
I just edit this out. So what it basically is, is Spotify, you write a song and an artist cuts it. Um, songwriters get probably .0001 cent of plays from Spotify. Songwriters right. wanted to try to get Spotify to pay them more money than just .0001. Spotify denied it, and somehow they're bringing a lawsuit against them, and so everybody is like trying to denote and cut down Spotify. Exactly. So what is your thoughts on that, being, being a songwriter well, and musician? Yeah, I mean, I think it already was was pretty ridiculous on uh, on what they were, you know, getting away with. Um, but now I guess it's even worse than it was before. Right. But yeah, like like you said, I mean, point, you know, point zero zero one or point zero zero six. I think it went up to the most. Okay. And it ended up being like per thousand streams I mean you're making you're you're still making like a dollar or something like that it right. was right and, and it was minimal and yeah. and even after that dollar is there you're still splitting it between songwriters you're still you know so you're you're only getting 10% of that dollar so you're still only getting 10 cents at the end of that and yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of it I don't uh I don't have Spotify. I actually had Amazon Music, but uh, thinking of changing that now. To, it seems like Apple, uh, or sorry, Google, I believe it is. Right, and and me, I have Apple Music. I don't really buy music that yes, much. Apple. It, it's usually all streaming for me now. I used to buy all this stuff, but now that seems like it's deteriorating and downing. It's all mostly kind of like Netflix, it's all streaming and you get paid what you get paid, you know what I mean? Which I think is a bad thing and is hypocritical yeah. on my part, but we're all hypocritical on, on some things. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a hard cycle to break down at this point with technology, but I'm the same way. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the way it went even uh, outside of the songwriter realm, like just yeah. even as a listener. I still, I still enjoy albums and what they used to mean kind of thing oh yeah I, i'm a huge album person i don't really now i will listen to the radio but to me it's got too many commercials so i sometimes i listen to it sometimes most of the time 99 percent, i listen to my phone but when an album comes out that i really want to listen to i kind of skip the radio singles only because i've heard them ten thousand times and then that right and that winds up being further down the list as one of my favorite songs. Like, a lot of people was like, oh, my favorite song, um, let's use Blake Shelton, for example. My favorite song is Austin from Blake Shelton. Me, that's not the case, because I never listened to those, really. I, I'm more of a deep-down, album-cut kind of person. Right. Yeah, but, no, I definitely can see that. Because, um, yeah, it's just, it's just like you said, I mean, not only do they get overplayed, but uh, they're shooting for the commercial rather than any songs that, you know, have depth or meaning to them. Mm. So, one more thing about the Spotify thing, and then we'll get it, we'll get off of this, but I want to, no offense if anyone does this out there that's listening that does do Spotify as a musician, but just because you get 100,000, 500,000 streams, that doesn't mean, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I've had over 
1 million streams or plays on Spotify. That doesn't really mean anything. That just means one millionth of a chance that landed on your song. That doesn't mean people listen to it. Could mean they skipped it. And it people, and yeah, it, that, that it, is true. And people hold it over their, like, not, not, not you, not a lot of people that I'm talking about. There was this one guy in particular, not going to say a name, but if you've listened to it for a long time, you know who it is. You know, got a big argument, fight over the on the on the air because he had this pedestal over his head because he had 800,000 plays on Spotify, and I was trying to tell him that doesn't really matter, which I'm not here to judge you if it matters or not. I'm just trying to face the facts and the truth that just because you have 800,000 plays, that doesn't mean a hill of beans to a lot of people. Right. Yeah, and see, that's yeah, that's where the purchasing thing comes back to play. Like, it was just a lot better when when people actually actually buy your music and then mm-hmm. Download it rather than stream because yeah, it's touchy subject, I guess, but it's true that people just let their let their Spotify play or you know right. any of those music apps play, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're listening or even caring what's on it. Well, if you think about it, there's there's a good side of Spotify and there's a bad side, or just streaming in general. A good side is. Let's say if people are not paying the nine ninety nine, which there's a lot of people that's not paying the ten dollars a month, they're just putting it on shuffle. That's good. Right. That's good for your name because they're landing on your play and learning some new people. But it's also a bad thing because, like you said, you're getting point oh 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 one oh 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 six cents off the song you play, which you should, which you, which you could go and buy for a dollar twenty nine ninety nine cents on Spotify or on Apple. Right. Yeah, yeah, it could be a good thing, I guess, for uh, for like us new artists that are just right. You know, you're trying to get your name out there, not trying to make a million dollars yet or anything like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a touchy subject, I guess. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons, man. I do this, you know. Um, I, I want small names, no offense, I want small names that doesn't really have a a party attenuated to them and try to get a party connected to them and try to get fans to them that haven't heard them recently. I mean, sure, I've had Upchurch on here who has millions of fans. I've had um, Murr from Impractical Jokers who's had millions of fans on here. But that came with luck. <laughs> okay, see, now, now I'm jealous. Why is that? <laughs> Oh, God, Impractical Jokers, they're living my dream. Oh, I know, man. Uh, <laughs> did you ever listen to that? Because you, you asked me if you if I could send you the link to it. Did you ever listen to it? No, I, I, no, I didn't even know uh, he has been on. Okay. Dude, it's short. It's like f- five, six minutes. And I'm definitely going to check that the out. The audio is kind of crappy because we were FaceTiming over it, and... I was actually away at the time and didn't realize when he was going to FaceTime. And I recorded it with a separate phone. And, I mean, you can you, it's, it's, it's clear. It's just not perfectly podcast interview clear, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, so, dude, um, one more thing here. Because we'll, um, I, I, I usually do this podcast backwards. Um, I don't really care how I do it. I just start one way and just ask whatever I want. So, <laughs> what... For me, since we're sticking on Spotify, then I'm going to get off the Spotify thing and stick with albums. So if there is an album coming out or from an artist that you love, for me, I will buy these people's albums, um, Justin Moore, all day long. 
and yeah. John Mayer. Those two are really the only ones. Blake Shelton, because I was smaller and I grew up with his music, and that just puts me back into my childhood. Um, but a lot of other stuff, I usually just you know stream being hypocritical. So who who out of you, your life, who is the artist that you're like, oh man, he's got an album coming out, I gotta buy it. It doesn't matter if it's good, it sucks, I have to get it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's from day one, it's always been Garth Brooks. Um, right. New or old, I'm gonna give whatever he's got a shot. Cause dude, Garth that, Brooks. He's the reason I do what I do. Garth Brooks is playing the game so smart. Yeah. Because, yeah, he's, he's playing it smart because he does not allow his songs to be streamed. They're not even on YouTube. You have to no. buy no, the physical is. copy. You can't even buy it on iTunes. You have to have the physical copy of the hardcover CD. Which yep. Sometimes I do prefer that because that's like a book. Like People are like, why don't you just get a Kindle? Because I, I, mean, I have thousands of books, and I, and I constantly buy more because I just love it. But to me, it's the physical part of holding a book, turning the page, but with the albums and the CDs, I sometimes buy those um, because yep. I love the feel of it and I love looking in the the pamphlet that it comes with. And I, I don't know what it is. I guess I'm just old school on certain stuff, and that's just and that's just what I love. Yeah, so, I, and uh, it's awesome that he does that. He's just one of the few that can actually get away with it. <laughs> I don't think right. I don't think many people can pull that off. Jason but, Aldean uh, was able doing to. it for a while. But I think he all his stuff is on streaming network networks now. So I think he kind of seen how that went and just changed his game. Right. So who are some yeah. other guys? You had Garth Brooks. Are there any others? Um, yeah, as far as the newer guys go, definitely Eric Church. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Moore would be one of mine as well. Yeah, I love Justin. Um, and Randy Hauser. Okay. Right. That guy's yeah. That that guy's music just. Andy, to me, I love, I love Randy Hauser. And Randy Hauser, he is actually from um, about forty-five miles from where I'm, from where I live right now. So, um, but huh. the guy, he had so much vocal range that I honestly yep. don't think anyone knew what to do with him. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm being dead serious. I mean, he was dropped from his record label when he put this new Magnolia album out, and. I don't know if I don't want to say he signed. I don't know if he signed with the company or if he put it out by himself. But I do know he was dropped from his previous record label a few years ago. But to me, he just had such a range and could sing like no guy could really sing that came into the country music until the Danny Shays came in, where he had yeah. the vocal power and they just really didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, God. That guy's voice. He's got a range. It's just unheard of. And- and, and just a, like a depth and texture. It's, he's definitely one of my favorites. Um, and I liked when he came out. He still was pushing that. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of the um, the rock country. Mm-hmm. So like when, when Al Dean came out, um, loved that. Uh, and Randy Howard did the same thing with Whistling Dixie and Boots on. Right. And then he'd move on to Like a Cowboy, which was just, Oh, I could go on for days about Randy. <laughs> but I actually got, I got to open up for him um, on uh, Broadway, downtown Nashville. Because Tootsie's has their birthday bash every year. And uh, he actually plays a lot. So I got to even party on his tour bus with him uh, one night, which was 
pretty cool. What was that like? I mean, was it like a, you say it was one of your favorites, so it has to be like one of the most amazing things of your life. A lot of Jack Daniels. (laughs) 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 That bus was filled with Jack Daniels. But no, very cool. And uh, that was also the first time I met him, really down to earth guy. Right. But yeah, like you said, definitely memorable. Yeah. So even uh, um, even with with uh, Jack Daniels involved, it's still memorable. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, going let's go down the spectrum here. Um, so when was your last show you played? Was it this past weekend or? Yeah, yeah, Sunday. Uh, yeah, Tuesday now. So last Sunday. So what do you do versus a regular day versus a um, day you have to play or perform a show? What What is the difference between uh, those two days? Yeah, honestly, uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing coming up to you is any different other than, you know, I plan that I have to leave my house early. That's about it. And a lot of a lot of artists are like that. They're like, there's nothing different. I do the same thing I do. I just have somewhere different to be that night. Yeah, and honestly, I find that really cool because even as an artist, I mean, if you go to a concert, you know, if I'm, if I'm going, well, I just actually went to see Pink, um, on Sunday, I love pink. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, even as an artist, it still crosses your mind. And when right. they're, they're touring, your, touring these arenas and stadiums, you're like, mm-hmm. you know, they get, they get nervous. Or, yeah. I wonder what, they're, what what they're doing right now before the show. It's a couple hours, but it's pairing or are they just relaxing in their bus? You know, and I, I, I don't think it's much different for them either. I think it's kind of a normal day up until the show. That's what I would like to ask them one day, like, because, you know, they always have to close their shows down by a certain time. I want to know, you know, the real reason why that is or what time they have to be at the arena that day or Coliseum or Fair or wherever they're playing at. I, I, you know, I just want to know. I'm such a music nerd that I want to know those aspects of that part. Right. Yep. All right, so yeah, do, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting to me. I mean, um, yeah, I mean I, I'm a wrestling nerd too, so all the business backstage wise is 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 is, is mind boggling to me. And I love to see how it works, and I just want to see how the music part of it works. But um, going off that subject, um, we can jump back on it whenever it doesn't matter. What is your, what what fuels you to do this music thing? What is your gasoline to do this? Well, um, I've always loved the adrenaline part that comes with with being on stage and like I don't know, it, it, it's another thing that gets your nerves going, which mm-hmm. kind of fuels me. I've always been really into anything thrill seeking or right. adrenaline rushing, so, you know, skydiving always race motocross or anything with engines that's fast. So I always use that on stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, you know, looking out and seeing people go wild gets your adrenaline going. Sure. And that fuels me. And then um, ended up, I uh, have a daughter, she's about to be seven now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's still times in music where the, it always gets hard at some point. And uh, definitely use her to to push me along and and keep me grounded on why I started doing music in the first place and why I got to keep on going 
and uh, she's getting into music now, so that also pushed the So when you said your daughter's seven, she's getting into music. So she's um. Do you ever tell her, hey, once you go back and listen to, for instance, Alan Jackson? I grew up on Alan Jackson. Once you go back, let's tell me what you think, or or you like um, just whatever you like. If you like it, come to me, and maybe I'll see if I can like it. Cause, Cause, a lot of stuff now. My sister, she's fifteen, I think, and she listens to mostly the pop stuff, which I can handle some right. of it, but most of it's like you got to turn it. I mean, it's it's not oh, no yeah. offense to the pop. It's just I didn't grow up on that. I grew up on you know everything else being double music except for country music. Right. And then you get to your seventeen, eighteen. You know, you're out on your own now, and then rock comes into your life all the old Aerosmith which is my favorite band by the way comes into your life all this stuff comes into your life so how do you raise your daughter in music wise yeah that's kind of tough but I guess um, they're gonna they're gonna grow up no matter what mm. with with the surrounding music but uh, I'll definitely keep like you said I'll, I'll still keep pushing for Paul Jackson Dwight Yoakam and just See if, uh, see if she likes it. So far, she really enjoys my music, which is awesome. But uh, maybe she's prejudiced because I'm her dad. <laughs> feel like she has to. I don't know. Well, is it but, really uh, prejudiced? Because a lot of people you see that their kids don't even, let's say if they're on a TV show, they don't even watch the show or they don't even listen to the music that they sing. Because yeah. They, they just think it's life. Right. Yeah. Yes, I, I mean, I don't really know yet exactly she's still uh right. so young that, that she listens to i don't know I, I would like to say twinkle twinkle but she's long past <laughs> that stage i guess it's stuff like baby shark and stuff. <laughs> she's no longer i I've never shark. heard of this damn song called baby shark until oh my a couple God. weeks ago yes and she showed me it and i'm like you know wow what a dumb song but what a catchy song that she loves to sing and I look at the views on YouTube uh-huh. man there's got two billion views on yeah. YouTube <laughs> <laughs> for saying the same line just changing baby to mama to to daddy to whatever yeah so you can answer a question for me what the hell makes a kid's song more popular than the next kid's song <laughs> man I think it's just the timing and, and how what the it, world is relating to. boggles my mind. Two billion views. I mean, you think about the Frozen song. I don't really know that. I've never right. seen the movie, but I know the song Let It Go. I don't really. I think it just came with somebody heard it. And. You know, I, I don't know. I, I can't answer the question. I'm trying to answer yeah. it, but I'm, I'm it's trying, just stupid crazy. trying to answer it. <laughs> yeah, not to get off subject, but uh, that's, yeah, that's for. That's what she's listening to right now. It seems that, and uh, actually, and a little bit of country. So I'm hoping to keep that going. Right. So before we go any <laughs> further, I figured I'd give my friend a shout out, and your friend too, man, Eric P. I, I say P because I can't pronounce his last name. He. Uh, uh, I was praying you would pronounce it because I can't. I, I can't. I, I say. I think that's twenty letters. I say P, um, and, and he said that was fine <laughs> if I call him Eric P. Um, so he, he's the one that got, that kind of turned me on to you. And I was like, man, I pretty good. What if I get him on and then here we go. So a lot of the credit goes to Eric on this one. Um, so 
Definitely. Well, I'm actually just for anybody that does decide to listen, they can try and try and sound this out. That it's P H I M P H R A C H A N D O N S O T H. He told it to me one time. He told it to That's me one time, name, and I just lost it. He told me a story one time how he was known in school as the Alphabet Boy. I still think about it now. I'm like, you made that up. But then when he tells his backstory, where he's from, and it's like, well, maybe you didn't, but maybe when they came to America, they should have shortened it a little bit. Right. Yeah, that. Yeah, so Eric Keith, we'll go with that. Yeah, no offense, Eric. We're just joking with you. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this new song that you um, put. Uh, I don't know if you put it out yet, but it's on Facebook. Was it Exit 80? I don't have my I don't have oh. notes in front of me. Oh, yeah. Exit 40. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be on the upcoming album. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a single yet. Uh, we've got quite a bit of options. It's, just, it's hard being the new artist because a lot of people are saying, you know, just just do a single or just do a short EP. But I've been doing music for so long now and I have so many people behind me that can't wait to hear new music. I, I just need to do that whole album and uh, and hope for the best, I guess, with it. So Exit 40 is going to be an album. It's going to be most likely a 10-song album. And uh, hopefully get a couple singles out of it. But the first single off it will be called State of Emergency, mm. which uh, I'm hoping to have out. Most likely, we'll think we're going to shoot for June for the release date. Mm. So it'll be summertime uh, release. Exit 40 is just uh, all teaser, I guess. I put out there acoustically in the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, you said the album has 10 songs on it. I'm glad these song, the, the tracks are getting shorter and shorter and shorter because you know how long it takes to listen to a 16-track album? <laughs> <laughs> With, I love, I, I, yeah, it takes a while. It, it, I love the way John Mayer did it. He put out different phases. He put out four songs at a time, and then when the Nick, when it was time for the last four, he just put out an entire album of the previous eight and then the, the next four. And Because, I mean, it, the attention span of America is very short. Very short. Yeah. And so to try to put out a 26-track album, four and a half minutes a piece, that, that's not going <laughs> to yeah. do too yeah. good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, dude, um, what made you in the first place want to be an artist? What was it, a family member, or was it just seeing this one guy on TV? Well, actually, yeah, that's kind of a loaded question. But um, originally, um, I grew up. My mom and her best friend, who I call my aunt, mm-hmm. um, were actually the the good people that raised me, and and it was always. There was always music on. So I grew up listening to music, and a lot of it being country. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the town I was in, country music just wasn't that big at the time. So I was kind of thrown around, just juggled music. It wasn't like I was into one. I might, if you ask me my influences, it's going to be Garth Brooks and Eminem. 
so. Right. Hey, man, Eminem, man. That's that's the only really, honest to God, the only rap I listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy is just. I don't. I don't care if you don't even like his music. He is one of the most talented writers on this planet. Man, he and uh, yeah. So I was always in the music, uh-huh. um, but I didn't realize I could even really sing until high school. Mm-hmm. And I was, I believe, I was 16 years old, and my guitar player, um, or my guitar teacher in school, told me like, "Man, you really got to do something with your voice." Mm. And that's kind of when I started to sing in the class. And then not until my grade 12 graduation um, did I actually sing in front of a big audience. And uh, that's kind of where it started. It was my grade 12 graduation. I sang The River by Garth Brooks. And it turned out really well. And I kind of just went from there and started playing in bars and built my own band and uh, trying to get to Nashville. So when you're playing a bar, uh, they usually have a tip jar. So how do you do the tip jar? Do you say, screw you, it's all for me, or do you split it up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as far as downtown Nashville goes, it's, it's tips, and uh, you just you split it evenly five ways with the band. Right. So uh, yeah. it, it's interesting. I mean, it's I think it's the only place that you do work for tips, and so and a lot ever, of people still don't believe that, but it's true. Have you ever played and not, not get a tip at all the whole night? Uh, no, thankfully. No, no, that's never happened. No, I'm I'm sure it happens, but um, no, I've been I've been thankful. I've climbed the ladder of downtown Nashville, and uh, I get the best gigs possible down here now. But there was a point where yeah, I was at the bottom of the totem pole, but I never. Never had a night where I didn't make anything. So, little <laughs> odd question here I'm asking at this point, but um, when would you say, let's say if you made it big, what would be the point where you're like, I made it, I can retire, or I can now die happy? Where would be that point? Well, that's hard to say, because every time you reach a point, especially with me, it's you're looking onto the next level. Yeah, right, that's that same Yeah, it's like no matter what it is, just in life in general, I'm just never happy. <laughs> I got to keep on yeah. um, pushing for something else. It's like I don't, I don't know, honestly. I'm kind of a perfectionist, so it kind of screws me over in the long run. I hit reach this Yeah. <laughs> but I'm yeah, not, and, I'm, I, and I'm not even a perfectionist. I just, I don't know what it is. There's just always the next level. You know, I mean, you get somewhere and you look above you and there's always something above you, no matter what level yeah. you're at. So it's like, do you keep pushing or do you call it quits? And I don't know. Honestly, I'd have, to, I'd have to get there to tell you, but as much as I love music, I also love my off time yeah. and my family time and my vacation time. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I can ever call it quit, but I know there'd be a point where I'd want to juggle the two evenly at least. And, and, and I say this wholeheartedly joking, um, how I would make me happy if I were retire or where could I retire at. Um, I was listening to Bobby Bones one time. That's my hero reason I'm doing this podcast. And he uh, had Toby Keith on one time. And they's like, how you doing, Toby? And he goes, why don't you just go check my net worth? That <laughs> is the point where I'm like, I want that 
so bad. <laughs> where you oh, just, I know. Where you just say that, and I looked it up. The dude's worth almost three hundred million dollars. Well, he's yeah, he tops the charts almost every year. He makes like yeah. eighty million a year. And he's not even. I, I, he has his own record label, and I, I don't even know if he's signed anymore. I don't want to say it, but he has Show Dog Records. That's that's Toby Keith's record company, and he puts his own stuff out every year and continues to. He may not make number ones every year, but at least he charts in the top twenty mostly. Yeah, he. That's that's his big thing. He, he's a smart businessman, and he turned his, you know, success in an artist and just turned it into. A little bit of everything, man. He's that guy dabbles in everything. Mm. <laughs> but that's <laughs> his answer couldn't get any better. I, I now, yeah, that, that's my favorite answer of all time to any question in the world. Well, <laughs> yeah. That one, it'd be that question, that answer, and then how much? Asking Steven Tyler, how much drugs did you do? I snorted half of Peru. That's my second favorite answer of all time. <laughs> He's snorted half of Peru. <laughs> so. <laughs> So um, man, let's um, let's just shoot the bull real quick, and we'll go back to your music. What um, you watching Netflix at all? What do you like on Netflix? I, I like getting suggestions from people. Well, I basically, uh, as far as Netflix goes, watch with uh, whatever my wife wants to binge watch with if I have time. Um, I'm with her. We'll binge watch whatever she wants. But um, I'm more of a movie guy. Me too. And. I don't find Netflix has a lot of movies that I'm into, so uh, I'm, I'm still. I like to go to the theater when we get a chance. Um, what's the What's the last movie you saw in the theater? Last movie I saw. Okay, this is where my short term memory comes into horrible <laughs> play because we literally just went to a movie last Tuesday. I wouldn't saw. And uh, oh, but it was what it was what men want. What men want. It was her choice. I want. <laughs> I wanted to see uh, a horror movie or Medea's funeral movie, but uh, yeah. let's see what, what men want. So, yeah. I went with my brother, and we watched the new Captain Marvel. Okay. We're big into superheroes, and don't know if you are, but a lot of people are giving crap on that movie. It was fine. I was just going to say that. It, it wasn't the best. It was fine. I mean, I'm not complaining about it. It was a Marvel movie. You're right. To me, I had to watch it to watch the new Avengers. I did. I'm not complaining about it. I don't care. You know, it's a movie. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not going to spend my days complaining. I don't really care if it's good or bad. $10. Yep. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always that guy that's like, you know, I just, I never get into, you know, Marvel movies or, yeah. or anything like that, but mm. I end up watching and I'm like, well, shit, that was, really good like Transformers for example I was uh-huh. when Transformers came out I'm like no I, that's just not my thing I'm not going to see that and I watched it and I'm like dude that's it's got to be one of my favorite movies at the time I did not like those I did not you didn't? I didn't like the Shia LaBeouf ones I didn't even like the Mark Wahlberg ones to me they were not only I can't say they're too long because the Marvel movies are actually two and a half hours but to me, it was kind of boring. I mean, it, it had a story, but it didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, the first one was the only one I really got into, but I was surprised I did in the first place. Mm. So what are some but, of your uh, um, favorite movies of all time that you've seen? For me, while you think, Tyson, for some reason, oh. for some yeah. reason, 
My favorite movies of all time are Meet the Fockers and Meet the Parrots. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm I don't, with you on that. I don't know why. I, I used to watch them when I was younger, like 11 or 12, and then now they're, they're one of my all-time favorites. Pro, pro, they're probably, uh, I can't say they're my favorite because I've seen a lot more since then, but those are definitely in the top five for some reason. Sandler is one of the most genius people and most funniest people that our generation has seen. Yeah, well, him, him and uh, Kevin James for me. It, Dude, those, Kevin those James. My favorite TV show of all time is King of Queens because oh, me, because me of too. Kevin James. Because of Kevin James. Uh, it, uh, yeah. He made it. I mean, it, it wasn't like it was just a regular TV show. He, it's, I don't know if you've realized this, but in TV shows, or sitcoms, it's unusual for the main star to be funny. They try to have right. funny friends or people like that. But to me, Kevin James is the funniest person in that show. That him and Arthur. Oh yeah, definitely. So, they um, it. my you you said you have favorite movies every time you watch them. I'm the same way. I recently, um, first it was The Greatest Showman, and then that kind of died down, and then it was Bohemian Rhapsody. And then Stars Born came out, and now I'm like, that's my favorite movie so far, is the Stars Born. Uh, I still have not seen uh, Behemoth Rhapsody. Man. Still, I still have to watch that. <laughs> I, like, like I said with the Captain Marvel, um, people are giving it crap because it's not authenticated enough. But what Hollywood movie based on a true story is, like, the, right. like that's the way I look at it. They, you don't want to see. I don't know. I'm not gonna go into the depths. I'm not gonna go that far into it because I could talk forever about it. <laughs> so, um, what what are your summer favorites? Or some of your favorites? It doesn't have to be fa- favorites in general. Just some that you enjoy watching. Well, uh, King of Queens. Uh, if you're going on the TV shows, King of Queens is is by far. I still, I still, I still turn on King of Queens every night. If I have free time, I just love it. Um, friends. Uh-huh. And, that, and that's, I think, when you ask me a Netflix question, I think that's why I don't watch it a whole lot because I still just watch the old reruns of stuff on TV. And I have a hard time getting into new TV yeah. shows. Yeah. It's either that or full-blown movies, which uh, right. Netflix kind of lacks in on the uh, new movie. You said anyway. you said you watch movies on Netflix. Usually, sometimes they have them in horror movies. Did you watch the new Bird Box with um, Sandra Bullock? Yeah. Yes, I did. How was I've, I've seen it, but I want to get your opinion on it before I give mine. What did you think about it? Yeah, that got a lot of crap. I actually, me and my wife both enjoyed it. Mm. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool, and she is a badass actor. Yeah, yeah. So I, I you know what, I really liked it. I could see certain reasons why people get a cut, but uh, no, I liked it. Me too. It be- I-, I liked it because it was the only Netflix original movie that was decent, that was worth watching. Right, yeah, yeah, it was... But I do right, see... Netflix only, so that was cool. I do see 
where people are saying it's like the happening with Mark Wahlberg. It's exactly like right. it, but it's updated and it has a more moral, better story. Um, just people. It, yeah. Uh, it, it, they gave it crap. Um, so horror movies. Have you seen? I was listening to Talk is Jericho that's with Chris Jericho on this podcast, and he had the guy from Terrifier on Netflix. Have you seen that horror film, Tyson? No. Dude, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, of course. This is ten times scarier than it. I, th- I thought no, it was, what? I thought it was freaky, but this was just creepy. Okay, wait, what, what's it called? It's called Terrifier. Terrifier. Dude. And that's on Netflix? Yes. That's how I watch oh, it. Oh, I might have to watch that tonight. Dude, it's about a clown, right? And and he's black and it's, it's just black and white makeup, black and white suits. But the thing is, he's silent. Doesn't make no noise. Doesn't make nothing. And when he smiles, it's just like, oh, it's gonna be on my dreams. Like I had to watch it in the morning, so I didn't get a nightmare at night. <laughs> it was, I'm telling you, man, it was rough. Oh, uh, see, that's the type of movie I have. Uh... Uh, on the side of my garage, I have a, a screened-in patio, and mm-hmm. I have a hot tub on it with a television above it. So the screened-in patio, I mean, and I, I'm out in the woods. I don't have neighbors or anything, so it's like just anything could be behind you. So I kind of <laughs> kind of like I like watching a scary movie out there. Yeah. It make it puts you right in the moment, which is probably stupid because it's probably gonna be the death of me one day, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody that might be a good one for the hot tub. And to me, it's the same with horror films. They need to me. They need to change it up a little bit because it's always the same. They're hunting a virgin female. They're hunting this. They're going after this. She winds up living, and they make a sequel. I I, I hate movies that have sequels because t- nine times out of ten uh, they're I, terrible. I know. And the perfect example of that while we're on movies. Um, one of my favorite movies was The Strangers. I don't know if you saw the first one. Yes, with um, they had the corn sacks over their head, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, it, I know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, it was honestly one to me one of the most like bone chilling horror yeah. movies because it was it was real. It was just people that were out to they weren't out to steal. Mm-hmm. They weren't out to do anything, but just scare torture these people in the house and I thought that was just a great concept and they came out with the second one and I couldn't have been more disappointed you talking about um Pray at Night was that it? no no it's called The Strangers no the the sequel it was um was that what oh, oh yeah, yeah is it that was, what it was yeah, where they, the, the um they went into this little trailer because they yes okay I, I think I seen yeah, that I think, one. I think I, I saw think you're that. right Strangers pray at night or something like that. You're I think right. I saw that. I, yeah, I uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it was not near as good as the first. One. <laughs> it was actually like watching the first one all over again, just done horribly. <laughs> oh man, I I want to I don't want to stay on movies too long, but we said sequels. I just you're gonna hate me for this. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you have, you're gonna be like, are you serious? I just started. I just watched The Hangovers. Oh my God! How Dude, did I not? Yes, the favorite. The right second, there. the second Hangover was freaking terrible. 
And then the third one beat out the second one by a mile. And it, and then I'm a, like, I like Wikipedia. I mean, no Wikipedia is fake, you know, but I like going and see how much movies have made. I'm a nerd at that and a nerd at music. Yep. And when I saw that hang, the Hangover 1 made like $500 million. The Hangover 2 made almost $800 million because the first one was so good. Yes. And then the yes. second one was so bad, the third one barely made $150 million back. And oh, wow. And man, it was rough. But those movies wow. are, are hilarious. Yeah, and, and I even agree with you on like how, how it went. Um, I remember watching the second one, I'm like, that was exactly the first movie. They yeah. just put it in a different place. Yep. But... I'm such a sucker for stupid humor yeah. that it almost didn't matter. I was still cracking up. Me too. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I like The Office so much. I mean, I, I, hear, a lot yeah. of, I hear a lot of people, The Office is stupid. I thought yeah. the same thing. I thought the same thing. But then I started watching it, and now I'm hooked, and I'm, this is my second time re-watching it. And, man, it's, yep. it's hilarious. Yep. I'm right there. <laughs> so, dude. And, and before we get off movies. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and just go Google Bird Box memes. If you have not seen any of nope. the memes come from that movie, yes, I have. I, uh-huh. The one I, the one I've seen, one of, one of my like, I love to cook. I, I like I like all these passions, and cooking is one of them. And I, my favorite cook is Guy Fieri. And the <clears throat> the one Bird Box meme I've seen, it said boy, girl, it had Guy Fieri on the back, and it said Guy. That was, <laughs> that was that, I think that's a couple yep. of them that I've seen. But I will definitely yep. go and Google some of them. So get off the movie thing here. Oh, but see, now it's coming full circle because Guy yeah. is friends with the Impractical Jokers. Uh-huh. Who, <laughs> <laughs> who you had Murr on. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> so have you seen that? Cool. Um, You've seen all the, apparently you've seen the new, because that was a new season of Impractical Jokers with Guy Fieri on it. I have I have seen every Me single impractical and yeah impractical jokers. I think the twenty sixth of this month there's a new season coming out. Oh sweet! I was waiting actually to hear when it was coming. Yeah, I, I because on I have Direct TV and it tells you when the new seasons are coming out and I was um looking at because that's usually what I watch. I mean I watch reruns of Impractical Jokers, Friends, King of Queens, The Office, all that on TV really and Netflix. So it's I mean it's the same thing and. Yeah, it, I think it was like the 26th, 28th, somewhere along there is when the new season's coming out. So I'm really excited for that. Oh, uh, that's, see, that's one place I'm hoping my music takes me someday is, yeah. I mean, I've, I've met a lot of people <laughs> doing this, you know, Garth Brooks, Brantley uh-huh. Gilbert, all those guys, but I want to be on an episode of Impractical Jokers. That is a bucket list thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they, they're doing something that no one's done before. And they're killing it. You you didn't you didn't you don't realize how big the show is because if you're just watching it, you know what I mean. You don't realize that there's 20 million people watching it until you until you go to yep. one of their live shows. I went to one of their live shows and man, it was crazy. Yep. Yeah, and they they put two of my favorite things. I mean, the the dumb comedy and then the live shows they incorporated Nitro Circus which is yeah completely my realm yeah. you know freestyle motocross just awesome 
I, I want to. Talk... I wasn't. I wasn't disappointed. No, I want to talk about your motor, uh, your motocross, because I seen your Facebook on there. But first, before I do that, I want to tell you about this Impractical Jokers. To me, as the seasons go on, I think they run out of ideas, and so their punishments are not as good as they were when they first started. The what time? The punishments at the very end of the uh, episode. Oh. It's been hit and miss, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they've hit some, and then they've, like, oh, I could do that easy. You know what I mean? Like, right. But you think about it. You're like, you're going to go up there and tell that woman this or that. No, you're not. You you, you could save from your couch. Oh, I'm going to say that. But if somebody challenges you to do it, nine times out of ten, you're not going to say it. 100%. There's, yeah. <laughs> so many people out there like, oh, that's easy. Yeah. yeah. Go face to face and do it. It's the same thing as, oh, if someone breaks into my house. I'm going to beat this shit out of them. No, you're not. Nine times out of ten, you're going to run out the back door and call the cops. I mean, that's, that's what I do. I ain't, I'm not catching nobody. Yeah. I'm a chicken. I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, was uh, looking at your Facebook, and uh, your Facebook pictures of you on a dirt bike. Is that right? Yeah. So when did you get into that? Um, that I wanted. Uh, I mean, I was three or four and oh, no, I no, wanted no. to get into it, but uh, financially, my mom never had the money. Yeah. Um, so I got my first bike at 12, I believe, and it was old as shit. I mean, yeah. it was like, oh, God, it was, <laughs> I think it's 70s. I mean, big metal gas tank, uh-huh. and this thing's supposed to be a dirt bike. But uh, it, was a, it was a $400 bike and, and did enough to get me into it until uh-huh. I moved up uh, to a used race motocross bike and then um, kind of went from there had a older used one and then realized I was actually really good at it so my mm-hmm. aunt saved up and bought me a brand new uh, Suzuki RM80 and I raced that thing and ended up winning a lot of races on it actually so you say that's one of your passions oh definitely I mean it music and, and dirt bikes just completely rival each other it's not just dirt bikes I'm into uh, street bikes I'm into that right too, but, but dirt bikes hold a, hold a special place with me for sure so do you remember um, your first fall on a dirt bike and remembering oh I don't want to do this anymore because you got hurt <laughs> actually my first god my first fall definitely remember it we were at it <laughs> it was on my it was on that old ass bike the first one I had metal gas tank I had a big giant headlight on the front of it uh, it was like an enduro style if you know anything about bikes it's yeah it's an enduro style trail uh, bike and uh we were out of camp and i decided to take that thing by myself i was just learning how to use it still right. no clutch and everything but i was able to learn that really quick yeah i, I hit a rut and uh i was kind of on a on a back road of the trails and i hit a rut and went down and smashed the headlight right on a rock. Mm. And I, I didn't get hurt at all. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that I busted this, to me, new bike. Right, yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of devastating, but no, it didn't deter me at all. I just wanted to do it more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you listen to any podcast? I mean, I know you're doing it right now, um, but do you listen to anyone that's professional? Because mine's crap. Um, my, <laughs> my wife started to get me into them, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been listening to quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. And um, God, I'm gonna draw a blank on his name right now because that's kind of what I do is draw blanks on 
important moments. But um, Dak Shepard. Oh, man. He's been, man. He's been continuously listening to him and gotten me into listening. <laughs> Dude, armchair expert. I never realized. I thought he was a funny actor. But this dude is like a legit serious question asker. I mean, if that makes any sense. Right. Like, yeah. I love this. He can be. I love this podcast with Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher is one of my favorites. And, um, yep. Man, it was. Because it's, it's, it's cool when you realize somebody that you used to watch has a podcast and you're like, dang it, how come I never heard of this before? And then you go to listen to it and then you spend 70 hours a day trying to catch up on all the episodes so you can listen to the new ones when they come out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I really, there's, there's a lot. I mean, there's so many out there now oh, that man, it's, yes. I, I wouldn't even, I don't even know where to go. Yeah. I don't know Yeah. Yeah, oh. I wish I actually <clears throat> listened to more. Now I've, I've, I have heard a bunch of podcasts mm. that are really funny sometimes or they're really just in-depth. And right. Yeah, I enjoy them. But, uh. I find myself with so little free time these days that yeah, it, it's, yeah. I, I seldom we get a chance. It, honestly, it takes a lot of time. Like I sometimes I have to because a lot of the episodes, like listen to Bobby Bones show and they usually don't put it up until they used to put it up early, but then now they're not putting it up till like eleven thirty, and then I'm so OCD and like so obsessed and that I file my day schedules to when the podcast will come out. So right. I mean, you know, I'm. I mean, I'm. A lot of people think I'm joking. I'm dead set serious. You know, I mean, I'm not getting a shower until I can listen to it while I'm in the shower. I'm not doing this until I know I can listen to it while I do this. You know, and then yep. it's screwed yeah. it up. So that, it, that's the way I am with Supercross and Motocross. It takes <laughs> it takes a lot of time listening to those things, man. Yeah. So as we yeah. wind down here, we're going on about an hour here. Um. So couple more things I want to talk about. Not too much. Um, I got that one fast, yeah. Do what now? So that one fast. I didn't realize it was almost an hour. I know, dude. We've been talking. Um, sometimes, man, there are some people that I talk, that, that I get on here because I don't get people on here unless I like them as a person, as an artist, as a songwriter. You know, you may not can sing, but you have writing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these, this person may not can sing, but he has a writing ability. Right. Which... I think you have both with Exit 40. I think you sounded perfectly on there. Really good. And then, oh, thank you. And then your writing ability for that song was just, you know, a person able, able to write a story and then stick with that story, you know. Well, that, yeah, that song actually has the kind of cool little back story. Um, I know we're running the time off, so I don't want to go too long into it, but uh, there's three writers on it. Um, Richard Martin, Ian McConnell and myself, and uh, I actually walked into the right wanting to write a song called Exit and was a number. I'm like, I had driven past, you know, an exit, and I had an idea for a song. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I walked in, and I'm like, I want a song about an exit. It's going to be called Exit with a number. I'm not sure what the number is, but <laughs> I want it to be one of those exits where it just kind of, you exit and there, there's nothing there anymore. You know, it's yeah. an old, it's an old exit. That nothing. Kind of like a ghost great, town. Yeah, like it's a great premise for a song, and right. it came as a reality as I was driving by one. And Ian's like, "No way, dude!" He's like, "I have a song I wrote years ago 
called Exit 40. And he's like, it's exactly about what you're talking about. So he played it. We're like, dude, we can totally work off that. So we just basically rewrote a song that he already had written mm-hmm. and um, put a new spin on it with new words and, and just kind of updated it. Mm-hmm. So that song was kind of already built, but uh, just, yeah, that's, the, the premise around it, I thought was so cool. Kind of, kind of, together. kind of that voodoo stuff, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That worked out really well. So, man, um, last questions here. What is one of your favorite songs you've ever written? I mean, we may not know it. We may not hear it. Maybe on the new album. But I want to know, what is the, your favorite song you've written to this day? Oh, uh, well, I, I guess State of Emergency is kind of, I'm going to say it's one of my favorites that I've written. Um, and that's going to be my first single, actually. Okay. And I'm shocked at it. Because everybody that's heard it, and and I'm kind of putting out, you know, I put auctions out there, and you know, 99% of the people are picking that as their their favorite song. That kind of shocks me because it's a little different than what you hear on the radio right now. Uh-huh. And I'm not even gonna say it's older country or anything either. It's just it's something different. And well, I was kind of proud when I wrote it. But there's it nothing wrong with different. Different. Different right. is the best kind of thing. Yeah. It just yeah, it has its own style, yeah. And uh, people are digging it, so it, it mm. kind of made me proud because I wrote that one by myself originally, and then had a, a another friend songwriter come in and just touch up a couple words. So there's there's two of us as writers on it, but uh, yeah, Stan Murray's gonna be one of my favorites. And then I have a song called uh, Five Days for the Weekend. Uh, I don't think it's gonna make the album, but I wrote it. I had it in. I did 17 or something. It was one of my oldest songs that I wrote. But in my hometown, it became, it became a big deal. And uh, people would always request it at the shows. And I got on the local radio and stuff like that. So Five Days to the Weekend was another one that still kind of holds close to me. Just, it, it's still my realm. It's a rocking country song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a party song, but not your typical you know, jacked up truck around a fire pit on a Friday night. It's not quite that, but it is definitely a party song. Cool, man. Well, um, when you get your new album out, I will debut a couple songs from it on the podcast, like I always do. Um, and I do appreciate you doing this, man, for me. No, I appreciate the call, man. I always look forward to stuff like this.